have uh, another guest uh, for you this morning. Uh, of course, it's been guest after guest today. We haven't had a lot of time for music, a lot of time for other stuff, but it's just been such a fun show where we have communicated with people. This coronavirus, of course, changing the way we are living every day now, and we are needing advice on what to do uh, to cope with these situations. On air, Maria Morfu now, and we're going to say good morning to her. Maria, how are you? Fine, thank you. How are you, Oh, it's so good to have you on air. All good here. Um, what's been really fun this morning is um, getting information and helping us all cope in these really uncertain times. Thank you so much for uh, agreeing to chat to us this morning. Let me just introduce Maria and say that she is a sensory therapist. Of course, you're going to give us your proper um, title just now so that I do not mess that up. But um, it's just been uh, inundating time for parents. Overwhelming, a lot of parents are saying. We're getting uh, messages of uh, video where parents are hiding in couches, <laughs> camouflaging themselves from their kids in order to stay sane. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do and how all this applies to hiding in couches. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you, Yula, for the opportunity. Um, so I am an occupational therapist who specializes in something called sensory integration. And the parents that are hiding in couches and trying, trying to camouflage themselves from kids or maybe at the moment just struggling a little bit with their own regulation. Right. Regulation. So, what is that? Let's, let's uh, break yes, it down so, for people. So when we're looking at regulation um, and levels of arousal, it's so important to take a step back and first understand what sensory integration means. Um, sensory integration is a term that Dr. Jean is coined in, in the Boston, the, the late 1980s, and she really described a neurological process which really looks at how one organizes sensation from one's own body and from the environment so they can make it possible then to use your body effectively to engage in the environment in an optimal manner. So, so basically t- getting the stimulation from the external sources, how you integrate it with your body and how you are coping then. So how can you, yes, exactly. How do you register to the, the input? How do you process to it? And then how do you respond in a meaningful way? Mm which is really important for development and for functioning. Right. So if you think of a, a very small baby when, when the baby's first born, all they're really doing is sleeping a lot and learning how to self-regulate. So they're stuck in their dummy or the mommy is swaddling them and, and really rocking them. But there's a lot of self-regulation happening. And as the baby then becomes more alert and starts engaging with the environment, you see them connecting with the caregiver. Mm. You know, there's a beautiful falling in love with the caregiver. From then, they start communicating with the caregiver, like mommy and baby do peekaboo again. Hmm. Then they start learning to crawl and then walk and then physically starting to manipulate the environment a lot more. But to be able to do all of this, you need good sensory integration. The right. ability to really take in what you are experiencing from the environment, register process and then respond to it. The other part of sensory integration is really cr- that it's really crucial for learning. And you need a good attention or arousal level to be able to learn. Right. Uh, well, the way I've also heard it, and it really helped me as somebody who isn't an, uh, knowledgeable in the field, really, but just a layman, is that we need to be between very high arousal and between boredom to op- to be optimal. So, in other words, you can't be very bored, you can't be very aroused, otherwise you cannot have optimal functioning. So, you need to be somewhere in the middle. And that helped me to understand it um, a little bit better. Is that accurate? Yes, very much. So what you are, are talking about is how can, when we're taking sensory input from our environment, uh, 
are we not? We're not very sensitive to the input that we are just filtering in everything that's going on and then can't focus on anything. And we're not to the other point where we're just like not even registering to anything. We've just habituated to everything. So if you think about the first time one learns to drive a car, mm. we are very aware of how it feels to hold a steering wheel, how it really feels to push on the brake. We're very aware of the cars around us. We're very aware of everything. So if you think about it, we're quite heightened mm. um, from a modulation point of view to now where we might be too habituated. We might be texting while driving, eating while driving, doing a whole bunch of stuff. But at the same time, we, we move across that if we hear a loud beep or something, that we quickly can reach the input and then stop the car, for okay, example. It's a very good analogy, actually. Now, to put it in Spanish a little bit, friends, my Maria is telling us, Maria Morfo, who is with us today, and we thank her for that, that to be able to operate well, we don't have to be very anxious, but we don't have to be in the Varemara, as we say in Spanish. We have to be somewhere outside. And when there is a problem outside, and we take it in us, Πώ το νιώθουμε όταν είμαστε σε πάρα πολύ στρεσαρισμένη κατάσταση, δεν μπορεί να είμαστε στην καλύτερη κατάσταση λειτουργία. Και αυτό είναι το νευρικό σύστημα που ε, το διατηρεί αυτό το πράγμα και μα βοηθάει. Και αυτό μα εξηγεί η Μαρία. Μιλάμε και για τα παιδάκια που είναι στο σπίτι που ίσω χρειάζονται κάποια πράγματα με το νευρικό του το σύστημα. Και εμεί του γονεί που επίση χρειαζόμαστε. Και γιατί ίσω μπορεί να έχουμε πιο πολύ άγχο ε, και τσακωμού, α το πούμε και έτσι, ε, πολύ καθαρά μετά. Maria, back to you. Yes. So, um, when we are looking at the sensory processing, which is really the, the umbrella term for all of this, the aspect we are discussing very much today in terms of heightened and lowered arousal levels is something called your sensory modulation. Mm-hmm. And that is really your ability to effectively regulate the degree to which the input is coming into your body and how it influences your function. Okay. It really, if you're thinking about it, it, it impacts on your attention level and your activity level. Right. So at home, with all the little kids at the moment, all the kids, the bigger kids trying to be behind a, a computer and trying mm-hmm. to do their schoolwork, the activity level might be impacted on and the attention level might be impacted on. Right. Um, how does it... Need to, yes, sorry, yes, sorry. sorry. C- carry on. We need to appreciate that when we're looking at something like sensory modulation, it happens at a very unconscious, automatic level. So when a person typically does not have problems with sensory modulation, we don't see any uh, uh, undesirable things happening. Mm. Good sensory modulation leads to good attention levels, good arousal levels, good emotion, good social, um, and functioning. So if you think about when one is very, very stressed as an adult, We cannot make good decisions. We cannot have a good thought flow. We might be a little bit more emotionally reactive. We want to maybe socially distance ourselves. We'll behave us or we'll lash us because then our systems are in a state of a fight or flight. Right. And when a child's modulation is in a state of sensory overload, they're experiencing all those things. Okay, so Now, that's how it presents. It presents in a in a bad temperament at that point in time. Maybe not temperament, but bad mood. Um, yeah. In in a tantrum, um, what else will we see visibly that we can see that something is not right in the nervous system? Well, you'll see that, especially arousal levels. You'll see that, let's say, the child and I know lots of parents are stressed at the moment because the parents themselves are feeling very over. Mm. Overwhelmed because they've got all this homework to get through, for example, right. and you're wanting your child to sit down and to concentrate. 
But the child's level of arousal is not there at the moment. Maybe they're just so tired they're slumping at the table and they just don't feel like doing this. Or on the other extreme is that everything around them is a little bit more important. So they, they are struggling to filter out all the other stuff happening in the environment and focus on what's happening. You might then see them being more whiny, more, um, they might be pushing more boundaries at the moment. Mm. Uh, it, it will, a regulation can affect everything that, that's linked to emotion, attention, behavior, social. Okay. And you know, often we, we might see that as just being bad behavior. Um, but sometimes one needs to just take a step back and look at what they're getting out of of what they are presenting. That's so important so to make that distinction. Um, αυτό που εξηγεί η Μαρία Φίλη είναι ότι μπορεί εμεί το νομίζουμε ότι τα παιδιά μα είναι άτακτα. Ότι απλά είναι άτακτα. Αλλά το νευρικό σύστημα χρειάζεται κάποια ερεθίσματα και κάποιο regulation, όπω το λέμε στα αγγλικά. Δεν ξέρω πώ να το μεταφράσω ακριβώ στα ελληνικά. Ε, αλλά έτσι μπορούμε κι εμεί να ξέρουμε ότι το σύστημα δουλεύει καλύτερα. Όταν βλέπει τα παιδιά, όπω μα λέει η Μαρία, να φωνάζουν, να τσακώνονται πιο πολύ, να μην θέλουν να ακούνε, μπορεί να χρειάζονται κάποιο sensory integration. Uh, αν το λέω σωστά, Μαρία μου, just correct me if I'm wrong. I know you understand me, um, but it is hard to find all the, all the words in Greek. <laughs> no, of course. Yulema, um, but it's also to, um, important to understand that when we're talking about sensory modulation, now we started talking about our arousal levels, that our arousal typically goes up and down throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So, for example, when I wake up in the morning, I need to perk myself up so I'm, I automatically stretch. And yes. stretching gives my body something called proprioceptive input, which I'll talk to you now about. Wow. The proprioception is a form of sensory input that is very organizing to the body, you know. Yes. So I'm going to go wake up my children. I might um, call out their names or I might open the windows to change the light. That alerts the body. Um, let's say we are having a busy day and I need time out, time away from my mm. kids even. I might want to escape to a room and drink a cup of tea to lower down my level of arousal. Um, we, do, we all do things throughout our day to either heighten or lower our levels of arousal, which is needed. Before bedtime, we need to calm our, little, our systems down and our kids' systems down so they can have a lower level of arousal for sleeping. When they're yes. sitting down to do their schoolwork, they're needing an optimal level of arousal, which needs to be calm yet alert. So... We might be finding at this time as parents we're becoming more aware of their arousal levels that we might feel that sometimes they are being a little bit more hyped up or overly active and that they are being overwhelmed by the sensory in the environment so they're not focusing on what they're supposed to be. Or mm. that we are seeing that we, they're being more tired and lethargic and we're really trying to waken their, their systems up. Okay. So what we are trying to help them with is something called self-regulation. Mm. Um, and self-regulation is an automatic process that happens And it really is the way we in ourselves do provide our senses with a sensory system with different sensory inputs that helps us uh, perk up or lo- lower our level of arousal. Okay. Um, so to really understand that, you know, one needs to just appreciate how, 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 sens- how the sensory system works. Mm. You know, at school we learned we've got five senses, mm. um, But we've actually got eight senses, and maybe some people know about these others, and it's no secret. I just don't know why we don't learn about it at school. Such But a good point. I certainly don't. Will you tell us about the three that we're missing here? Yes, definitely. So, the, let's say sense number six is your sense of proprioception, and that's your, your, your sense of being aware of your body position and the movement of your body in space. So if I'm going to walk, I'm not looking at where I'm placing my feet every step I'm, I'm taking because my proprioception is sending messages to my brain, tell my brain what's happening there. Okay. Um, 
it's important to know that the receptors for proprioception lie in all our joints and our ligaments and in our skeletal muscle fibers and our muscle spindles. Why that's important is that because every time we do any kind of movement, we are getting input into those receptors, which then gives our body proprioceptive input. And do um, we need that? Is that is does our body want proprioceptive input? Our body requires it. Our, pro- our body really needs proprioception because proprioception. If you talk to anybody who knows a little bit about sensory modulation, they would say they'll say to you, "When in doubt, proprioception." Proprioception is, we call it the most magical ingredient out of all the sensory inputs that really can calm, organize, and ground a nervous system. And give us examples of how we can get that input uh, for our bodies. So because, because all the receptors are in your joints, your ligaments, your, your, your muscle spindles, it's, it's important to know that we want to activate them through movement. The harder the movement, the harder the push or the pull of the movement, the more input we get. Proprioception in the jaw is extremely powerful. So those people who are smokers, mm. you know, people who smoke, the sucking of, 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 of the cigarette can be as, as calming as the nicotine itself. Wow. Sucking can be very common. Chewing. It's very calming. I mean, so if I you want to calm, my, you could have a piece of gum. Hundred percent. I always give my kids gum on the way to school in the morning. Um, chewing is very organising to the nervous system. Things like getting all the kids to now instead of just drinking out of a cup, get them to drink out of sport, out of a sports bottle, out of one of those windy windy straws. Even is this because um, they're getting the much sucking. more movement at school when they're running around on the jungle gym with their friends, and now that they're not getting that much movement, uh, that we may need to supplement that proprioceptive uh, movement. Is that what you're Very saying? Much. So if you think of the school day in the younger kids, I mean the pre-primary, most of it is 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 very much movement-based and proprioception-based. Mm. You know, like they're, they're climbing, they're running, they, they're doing a whole bunch of stuff. And in the classroom, when they're learning, they're not just sitting down. They're jumping, they're doing a whole... They, they, they move, they're providing their body with... They, they've got a very rich day filled with proprioceptive and movement input. The older kids, sure, they're sitting for longer periods, but when they, when they change classes, they get their bags on their backs, which is heavy work, and then they are getting more input into their, their bodies and they're pulling in their school bags or they're using them as rucksacks and, they, and they're moving. So they're, they're getting movement and proprioception mm. to go to the next spot. That's so I mean, interesting. So interesting for us to know these things. They are moving. And right. it's so important. I mean, the kids that are at home now, the older kids behind the computer would, would benefit from from providing their bodies with a little bit more movement and mm. proprioception. Should so we get them to get, like, carry their school bags around the house? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, or even things between lessons. Get them to um to to even just push their little bodies off the, the bigger bodies off the chest to do yeah. like chest sit ups. I mean, if you look at the older kids, the older primary school kids and the kids that are in high school, they're doing so much sport before school, mm. during school, after school. The these kids have got busy, busy days, but they're providing their nervous systems with so much movement and proprioceptive input, which which is so grounding and organising for them. And now, because of 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 us being in quarantine. You're not getting all those opportunities. So it's easier when when one is at home to just rather do sedentary stuff. So it's easier just to watch TV. Do you need um, um, do you need more uh, proprioceptive input when you're little than when you're older? Does it change as we age? It depends on on each person. So each person's nervous system is very different. Mm. Um, I once had a, a client, a dad, who told me that when he was in standard three, grade three, standard one, grade three in these yes. days, he was expelled from school. He used to push things over. But clearly for him in in, in his school, in his day, he, he couldn't... He, he was perceived he was as, off, as difficult. 
It's very difficult. And he said to me, and he's a very successful man now, but he said to me that, did you know, Maria, every morning I have to be on my treadmill and run before I start my day. Otherwise, I'm not going to have a good day. So for his body, that's what he needs. You know, so different people need different things. But everybody needs movement and proprioception throughout the day. Okay. So if you think about, I mean, if you just think about what quarantine has changed in, in our children's lives, it's maybe taken away that opportunity for so much more movement mm. and, and, and proprioception. Okay. So one of the things that, that a parent can be a little bit more, more cognizant of is to provide opportunities like that. Provide opportunities, if you are able, for bike riding mm. or, or climbing or, you know, to stretch. Well, we're quite those lucky things. in our country. Let's just look at the bright side because there are people in Europe that are quarantined and isolated in small apartments with small children. 100%. So I think we're quite lucky here that we've got a garden. We can, most of us can say to our children, please step outside, go run around and do certain things. What are those certain things that we should be uh, saying our children should do? So anything that, that's heavy work. So they can be... Um, with the younger kids that can be pushing their, their, their scooters around or riding bikes, any trampolines, you've got mm. trampolines with your left. A swing right. gives you movement as well. Um, even housework, you know, you know, like even oh, we, the we parents are liking that. <laughs> yes, we like that very much. <laughs> yeah, you know, getting them to push the laundry basket, getting them to help wash the windows. I mean, all of that is movement and proprioception. I mm. mean, those are the things that are very good for the nervous system. So it's important to know that when we're talking about um, proprioception, we can think about proprioception through our jaw, which is the sucking, the chewing, the the blowing. I mean, bubbles for kids, blowing balloons. Those are things that are are very good. Thinking about what food we can give kids. Mm, Blowing balloons. I hope hope everyone is taking note of these things. Sucking through straws So to give them. Can it be anything or must it be a milkshake or can it be a juice? Is it still beneficial? yeah, the straws, what you, you want to get stuck in. So if you think about it, it can be anything, but if you think about it, the thinner the straw, the okay. harder the suck. Okay. The thicker the, 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 the juice or the fluid or the milkshake, the harder the sucking. Yeah. So you're wanting a lot of that. You're wanting intense input. For perception, you can also get, so we spoke about like whole body, like pulling, pushing, trying to be clever about it. But then also with our hands, mm. um, the, the older kids can be sitting behind a computer and, and playing with plastic even to help them regulate. Okay. Regulation looks at little tweaks, little tweaks we can do throughout our day to just help our nervous system be at the level it's supposed to be. Tell me, does and, our and body give us indications? Would we feel like fidgeting just because our bodies told us so? Or do we have to be mindful to put that in there because we won't be told by our bodies? So our bo- no, our body will, will uh, it's, it's happening at a very unconscious level. Um, children who have difficulties with regulation, one of the the jobs of the OT is to help them be more mindful of it. So all the children out there that are not in OT because of sensory mm-hmm. modulation difficulties are actually probably self-regulating okay. in, in an appropriate manner, and it's not impacting on their functioning. However, now we are seeing because of quarantine, maybe they are now stuck indoors, mm-hmm. so they're, they're limiting opportunities there. They may be watching a little bit more TV. And, you know, a healthy amount of TV is good, but we just have to be aware that when a child is watching TV, then they're not doing anything else that feeds their body with input that's good. Okay. That's good for them. Plus, TV can be very visually overloading for them, All which right. then sets them into a little bit more of a sensory overloaded state. So, in also other words, children, certain stimuli can can overload as well, even just by sitting down and watching TV. To the degree, yeah. You know, like TV by ages is so important. There was a study that showed that... Um, 
you, you look at how old a child is, and that's and, and then you look at it in ten minute increments. So a one year old can watch ten minutes of any screen time, mm. as opposed to a ten year old who can watch a hundred minutes of screen time. Okay, you know. Okay, so um, got and up. but I do know that TV is a saving grace for all us moms at the moment. Mm. Um, my maybe two cents worth would be to to structure when you would use the TV. I wouldn't do it first thing in the morning. I'd rather when they are a little bit more. In an optimal level of arousal, I'd then try to do as much schoolwork as possible, and right. use TV later on. But I'd also use TV when, when the mom's own regulatory system is out of sync and okay. just needing time out. So, so that's so also important. Let's speak about that a little bit because we're all being told that it's wonderful, it's family time. We should be doing activities with our kids. We should be enjoying that so much. And some of us are feeling a little bit guilty that we're not feeling that way. That we're actually wanting to run away from our children. <laughs> um, is that quite normal? And how can we realise that we are needing? Is it a time out? Is it for us also to go and jump on the trampoline outside? How do we know what we need at this point? That's a very good question, Zula. And, you know, what we have to be aware of is that we as, as adults have also got sensory modulation mm. um, happening in our body all the time. And we've, so we've, we've got our own system. So often an, an, a therapist would, would analyze when they've got a child in therapy that analyze the child's sensory system, then they analyze the parent's sensory system because sometimes there might be a mismatch. Mm. You might be a, a, a parent who, who can be quite um, sensory sensitive. You know, wow. like many things can easily bombard your system. And then you might have a little kid who's quite sensory-seeking and like needing a lot of you and on you or whatever, and you can kind of see there's a mismatch. Wow, and yes, that too, would be hard. You know, and it would cause guilt in a parent. But if a parent can understand understand that, then there's no, nothing to feel guilty about. It's just to understand this is how my body is, and sometimes it's too much for my body. And then being empowered to understand that when it feels too much for my body, I need to tap out. Mm. And tapping out might be if, if someone else can replace that person. So if you've got a like enough to have a nanny or the dad or somebody there, or if you don't, put the child in front of the TV. But you know that when you're feeling that you're feeling that state of you just can't handle it anymore, you need stuff to, and, and really if you're looking at a, a, at a physiological level, you need stuff to calm and organize your own nervous system. Yes. And what stuff would that be? I mean, uh, sometimes I think we just want to lock ourselves away and have total quiet, maybe read a book. But other people may not feel that. What is the, is there a, a rule of thumb or should you just be listening to what you're feeling and not feeling guilty and just do that? You should, you should, you should, um, yeah, you, you've got to actually think about what makes your body feel better. So there are some people that, like children, prefer just quiet. So they limit themselves to attention. But you get those kids who love to draw and draw and just they're happiest when they're on their own. Okay. You know, as opposed to the kid who wants to just jump and go outside and be a little bit of a daredevil. You know, it's, it's how each person's system is. But as, as, as I spoke about it with children, with parents, with adults as well, to know that with sensory system, what calms and organizes the system the most is your proprioception. So for an adult, it would be things like um, proprioception through the jaw. So like a... Chewing gum or having a drink. So is this why we women turn to chocolate often? Is this why we we start to reach for the chocolate bar? 100%. And what about the freezers? I mean, we love freezers, but freezers, that hard sucking as well. Yes. And you need to know that your body might need heavy input. If you can go for a run, go for a run. If you Mm. can't do any of those, breathing even. You know, I mean, every, every single sensory input has got, on, on, on the nervous system, has got a calming aspect to it, and it can have a, an alerting aspect. So if you think about it, movement, uh, linear movement, so like going on a swing, yes. is very calming, as opposed to 
um, spinning, which can be quite alerting. Okay. Calming music as opposed to like heavy, bright, mm. I mean loud music. And then it's that with all, all the different systems. I think um, what's very interesting what is, about what you're telling yes. us is that we need to be aware whilst we're all together uh, and we're supposed to be staying as much as possible in isolation, that each person has different needs and that their bad moods are not necessarily because they're being difficult, but because their sensory systems are not getting the input they're usually getting. So for us to be mindful of the different needs that our bodies are going to be now displaying because of this change in lifestyle, I think it's a very important point to put out there. Very important, very, very important. And to also be aware as adults, we've, we have not only got our children's schoolwork and to look after them to worry about, perhaps we've also got our own businesses to mm. worry about that we might not be getting to. And then we've also got the fear of, of what's happening around the yes. world. Um, and in saying that, we as adults, and especially the mother, um, is the co-regulator. So the co-regulator is the person that helps regulate the child. Mm. And so everybody in the family feeling, many times, yes. Yes, and if we are feeling out of sync, they will feel it too. Um, so that's, that's why it's so important for them, for us to be aware of that and to tap out when it's needed. Okay. Now, I often, I often say, say to the mommies that I work with is that you might need to be going for a massage once a week. A massage is something that, of course, would give deep pressure and that would help our joints is. from what you've explained. Yes. So if we just take a step back with our sensory, um, sensory systems, number six is something called your proprioception. Yes, we stopped seven, because we got so interested in that. Yes, yes. please go back to that. Um, number seven is your movement or your vestibular sense, and that's in your inner ear. Okay. Um, and that's also very calming. So if you think about how we rock a baby to go to sleep, it's calming. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, it can also be very alerting. If you think of a child spinning around, it can be quite alerting and disorganizing. And then the one that you've spoken about, Nana, when you said depression, that's when it was our touch system. So what is that? Depression. Okay. So okay. that's like giving a hug, giving a massage. That's lovely depression. That's very common to the nervous system as well. Okay, so interesting. You know, and and it's the, isn't it interesting because it's the psychology of hugging and, and why our physiology rather of hugging, why we need that hug. It's actually part of what calms and regulates us. Isn't that so interesting? Very very yeah. much. And you know, what, what we're talking about is actually, we all know it. I'm just giving you little labels to, to put next yes. to what, you, what you're actually aware of. Um, but, but I also think that we need to really pay attention when we're looking at co-regulation from the parents, that a parent can't pour out of an empty cup. So we, we really need to, to, to look at how we are feeling. And then the other thing that we have to bear in mind is that it's a scary time for everybody. Mm. And um, we've got all these things about schoolwork and all of that. But my advice, especially when you're looking with um, how children are feeling at the moment, because they feel things very much in their body, and there's a huge link to how we are feeling to then what happens to our arousal levels. Right. Um, but is to focus on connection before correction. Focus on connecting with the kid. Okay, and that's such a wonderful phrase for us to adopt. Um, in other yeah. words, in a bad situation, if they've misbehaved, is that what you're talking about here? Yeah, or even how you're going to start the day. So like uh, start the day of being like, oh, let's do this, do this, do this work, do this, do this work. No, you know, start the day by connecting with the child. And if you get to the point where the child is being angry and lashing out or whatever, you can't correct them either then. Mm. We have to connect. We have to take a step back and connect. And just to listen to what they're feeling. What they're feeling, how they're feeling, you know. Sometimes they, they don't know what they're feeling. 
right. in their little body. That is such a so, wonderful phrase for us to all adopt in these times. And maybe to teach yeah. our children to do the same. Because I think they're also feeling, especially the older kids, that we're on edge. And you'll get them saying, but why now are you shouting all of a sudden? And meanwhile, mm. the parent is worried because you haven't done all the work and it has to be done um, by Friday or whatever. But maybe for yeah. them to also realize that they have to connect before they correct <laughs> the older yes, kids. Yes. I and love that. Know, it's for us to be good role models, to actually say, you know, mommy, mommy's feeling, so we like to use the analogy, the OTs love to use the analogy of our engines, like our engines running too fast, too slow, just right, you know? Mm. Like when we're feeling quite sensory overloaded or high up, our engine's running way too fast, so we can say, mommy's feeling, mommy's engine's running off. So it's so interesting um, how awareness can just change behavior, isn't it? Because once you do say that to your child, they're understanding that you're not just cross with them, but that you've got your own stuff that you're dealing with. And I think that was my main reason for wanting you on the show today, for that awareness, for people to understand what they're feeling. Uh, thank you so much for bringing all of this to, to our attention, Maria. Oh, pleasure. Um, pleasure. What I've understood as well from what you're saying is that the anxiety does translate to our nervous systems. And that is very also much. very interesting. Very, yeah. very, very much. It's a huge, huge link. So with children who are quite anxious, we often use a lot of sensory um, integration therapy to help them to make their bodies feel just right so then they can, they can go out and do what they are needing to do. Because if you are anxious, your uh, level of arousal goes way up. Mm. And then you can't focus and attend either. Right. It's also it's also important to know that during this time that we are we are quarantined, other things that impact on a child's sensory modulation are the bodily bodily things like your sleep wake cycle, your eating. So it's so important to maintain mm. a routine as much as possible to get your kids to go to bed on time, to get your kids to have enough sleep, to get your kids to eat healthier stuff right. throughout the week, you know, because that will affect the, the essential modulation as well. Okay. Just, um, All of it, a holistic system to, to look at. It's difficult for us to understand that, but that's why we need you to point it out. For kids that are doing a lot of e-learning, I mean, we spoke to um, one of our uh, students that is on the radio every Tuesday, and he spoke to us about the e-learning being being quite consistent, that at school you had that full day and that you're having it now at home as well. Mm. What do you recommend for kids to be doing between their um, e-learning um, tasks whilst they're sitting there? What could they maybe uh, have in between to just regulate? Movement. Movement and proprioception. So it would be getting up, stretching, and going and walking to to get a glass of of water, going Mm. to the bathroom. I mean, those are just getting movement in your body, you know, coming back. Maybe thinking, like, if if you've got a mini trampoline, go jump on the trampoline to perk your body up, you know. Just those things. What do I need to... To, to get into my body to help me focus for a little bit longer. And while I'm listening to the teacher, can I be fiddling with press stick? Hmm. Can I be chewing on gum? Okay. You know? Um, okay. Also then to say that when we're looking at our sensory modulation, we're also looking at how do we look at our physical environments around us? Um, are the bright lights that I've got on in the room really actually irritating my eyes? Should I rather hmm. switch them off and it can help me focus better? I should switch off the TV because I can't listen to the teacher and try to out the sound of the TV. Okay. Um, it's just to be clever in understanding how how our environment can aid our concentration on us as well. It's such a um, large topic. From what you're telling us, it's, I mean, obviously people study this at university for years, so it's hard for us in one show to understand it. But uh, also very interesting about what you're saying. All the stimuli, in other words, from our environment, also overwhelming our nervous system. Yeah. 
Very interesting. And then, you know, the, often these children, the children who really do have difficulty with central modulation are often, you know, they're, they're the kids that are quite mislabeled and misunderstood mm. um, because they're feeling a little bit more prickly in their, in their bodies or out of sync with their, their physical world around them. Mm. Um, it's really a fantastic topic for us to dwell into, and I think we're going to have to do a more in-depth show on this. You know, we often have at, uh, I mean, chats with the moms, and one of the things that keeps coming up is, is there such a need for therapy? All these, as they call it, over-therapizing. But once we speak to the professionals, such as yourself here, here we realize that there's a whole chapter that has opened up now that we can understand why kids behave the way they do, and ourselves as well. Why at some stages we can listen to heavy metal music, and at other t- at times we just cannot so I think it's a really interesting topic and I would like to one day uh, really just focus on that with you here on the radio and raise awareness for parents to understand because what I hear often is well we were just fine before these therapies but were we is the question as you've spoken about your client who was expelled so really really an interesting chat our time is running out Um, any last minute tips before we wrap up this chat on the sensory regulation I think just the, the biggest thing is to see ourselves as co-regulators and to focus on, on connection before anything else. Take a deep breath and to see and take a step back sometimes and, and, and see what can, what, what is happening in my body, in my child's little body and how can I help soothe it. Okay. That, you know? Does switching off all stimuli help? Like to close yourself in your room or, or is it always a case yes. of? Does that help? No, that can that can definitely help. Sometimes, I mean, the, the, the fancy term for that is we call it room space in therapy, where we mimic what's happening in the room. In the room, it's a closed, contained space okay. um, with limited input, and that just helps to us to help us regroup. Right. And that's why having tents in your in your maybe a tent or kids building forts is awesome because they, okay. they do that. They, they then offer themselves opportunity for that. So okay. I just leave it. I love it. When children are doing that, I just love it because it's just their time. We organize themselves. Wow. And we organize through play is amazing. That's, yeah. that, that's really a, a nice little thing for, for parents to know and for themselves to just maybe take a time out, a little bit of time to let themselves calm. It's been a really wonderful chat. Maria Morfu, of course, we all know you in the community. We have you at our school. We know your children. We hope that you're all coping very well at home. I'm sure with you as a mom, they uh, are certainly doing better than most of us. <laughs> But we really thank you for being with us um, on the show this morning and for all the information that you have shared with us. Stay safe. Thank you for the opportunity. We'll keep in touch. And uh, it's it's wonderful. Awareness, information, that is the only thing that we can do to make ourselves more comfortable in these uncertain times and to lower our anxiety and help our nervous systems, as we've learned. Thank you so, so much. Have a wonderful day further.